0: a Hellboy podcast, the show dedicated to the half-demon hero, hosted by me, Mark David Christensen. And
1: me, Kate Thompson. It's season yeah. five teaser, oh. yay! <laughs> yeah. Holy shit. We've come this
0: far. Season five. Season five. We had a good, I think we both had a good holiday, new year hiatus. Yeah. The world got, I mean, the, the world's still... Shit, but at least at least we got a new president. That's yeah, a we're good
1: thing. Glacially moving in a, a slightly better direction. I hope.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, you hope. I mean, there's still the bad still shit those...
1: still happens all the time. <laughs>
0: yeah, you know, you still the got the world you, is still bad. The Q believers are still out there. <laughs> oh man! Oh man!
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean,
0: do you think Hellboy would have to deal with maybe some of the Q people, like if? Like in his universe, there's some like you'd have to bump up against me. Like, no, that's bullshit, and this crazy like monster is real.
1: <laughs> it's. A, I mean, that's the thing. It's like uh, I guess it depends on which universe you're looking at. The comics universe, he's more out there. Like maybe if something this big, you know, this big and crazy was just out in the public eye open. People would be like less convinced of conspiracy theories. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, uh, that's true. I don't know. It, it's tough. Like, conspiracy theories are tough because, you know, there are, it's like you, you, and, and I feel like there's a lot of like infographics on this shit now where it's like, yeah, the government has done shady shit and like Cointel Pro, like, cr- you know, crazy stuff where they like go in and, upset and topple governments and uh in other places and all this stuff like that shit's true but it's like rather than looking at your government like that and like knowing that those like secret things are happening you're like trying to make it somebody in the government look like a fucking hero and like looking for like some like some like vigilante that's like help it like it's like no they're all just (laughs) They're pretty much all bad. (laughs) They're all
0: bad. They all like everybody has their own agenda, even if they are like there's people that are actually trying to do good, of course. But, you know,
1: like a little small handful of them, you know, Yeah, exactly. And they tend to they tend to die. So sometimes (laughs) Yeah, they get murdered. (laughs) Yeah, they get murdered. You know, it's like (laughs) it's tough because like that stuff really does happen. But then there's like there's like levels of where it gets like crazier and crazier. Or, like, more racist, you know, like, where, or like these, like, um, you know, like these kind of like conspiracy theories that like blame Jews for every wrong yeah. thing in the world, like that kind of shit. Yeah. That so it's like, horrible. it's like really, ha- I, I don't know. Maybe that's just like some kind of like weird human thing where people are like trying to solve puzzles and like look for secrets, but they're just looking in all the wrong places instead of the obvious place where, you know. And I, th- I wonder if it's a little of bit eyes. of, like,
0: what you just said made me think, like, so, like, you know, believe in religion or not, whatever, it feels like if you're somebody like, I think, us, that sort of is, like, cool, we like religion for the fact that it has these fun mythologies that we can write about. But, like, if you're not a full believer of it, you just go, yeah, this is, like, when we didn't have, no- we lacked knowledge or lacked the tools to sort of, like, investigate stuff better right we try we used a lot of those things to just explain like the sun how like why is this going on or like yeah
1: don't eat pork because it gives you trichinosis but like you know in the bible it's just like these things are unclean they make like most people throw up don't eat them yeah one of one of my
0: favorite ones that i remember when i i can't remember an npr about it was like where like people use this one quote to be anti-homosexuality uh, in the Bible, and yeah. somebody to like dissect it and is like, actually, what this is about is is just like a historical thing when Moses took the Jews out of Egypt. He wasn't telling them like forever don't lay with a man or a woman like or the same sex. He's pretty much just like saying that because, hey, our numbers are low. So we just need to like uh, for- procreate. <laughs> 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 like it wasn't like an actual. It was like more of a logistical thing. I think we've yeah. talked about that before maybe on here.
1: I'm sure uh, there's plenty. You know, it's all shit like that. But and then I it gets, like- you know, and then it's reinterpreted a 100 times for somebody's benefit And, uh, usually a rich person who's, you know, (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. And I think it's, there are very nice things about religion. And if you find solace in God or like the idea of like heaven or something like that, like that's fucking great because there's so little in the world that gives you just like complete peace of mind. And like, you know, that's awesome. But I guess, yeah, you gotta, it's, it's a tough balance. You gotta like look at who is giving you this information and their motives and like, why?
0: Yes. I, I don't know. I, no. I don't know.
1: Well, I can't I think, tell anybody what to fucking believe. I'm wondering like, if people that are su- like,
0: they're, they're almost bored. Conspiracy theories because the world has, has begun to be able to and tell us why certain things happen to a yeah. degree that there's no like, Ooh, mystery to it. It's just like, this is it's this. like a
1: sense of control. I think too. Yeah. It's like, I have an understanding that, someone's in control of this chaos as opposed to just being like, yeah, a rich guy's trying to make more money. Typically like that's kind of like what it all boils down to. I think, uh, you know, some rich guy is trying to make sure his family stays rich for the rest of eternity. And that's like, that's usually like the fucking cause of all of this bad shit. I don't know.
0: I don't know. I mean, I think this is a great example just now to anybody that the ranting in the the tangents are not going away. This is a great that oh the, the baby first, the first moments of this we're podcast are right into is just like hey, this is a teaser of what you're gonna get. We're talking mostly Hellboy, but we're off on some <laughs> tangents.
1: <laughs> I mean, you know, because it's that's I think it's relevant because Hellboy deals with a lot of secret stuff.
0: Yeah, totally.
1: And I mean, hidden things. Yeah,
0: exactly. We're this
1: is all you know. It's all anything
0: we rant about is always inspired by
1: somehow tangentially connected connected. Yeah, But
0: I am excited for this next season of ours. I mean, we're continuing on um, stuff that again, uh, stuff that I've read that you were reading for the first time. Yeah. Um, And and that being Hellboy, some of the the highlights that are coming up are going to be The Crooked Man, which is a three issue uh, comic that is revered and is very uh, creepy. And I'm excited to cover that. Cool. As well as we're going to be con- going and f- finalizing the three, uh, uh, or the middle part of a three arc of that's um, of Hellboy that's continuing north towards the end of his story, like like the main Hellboy story, which also is a storyline that was ins- that they pulled or inspired a lot of uh, for the last shitty movie, the twenty nineteen yeah. movie, the yeah. Wild Hunt which I'm very excited for us to cover again. I think I'm excited for you to enjoy the hunt, the wild. Oh, yeah. Of course, I get to do it again. So that's what we have in store for to cover this season for Hellboy. But then we, of course, we got BPRD that we were we're covering all of that Um, stuff that I'm excited for that I've never read is a storyline called The Warning. We have the Black Goddess storyline as well as we have more Joshua Dysart. We're we're coming up on the end of his little like uh, contributions in the world. Of, of Hellboy, which was 1947.
1: So. Super uh, excited for those. Yeah, me
0: too. I'm, I'm excited to read more of his stuff. Uh, because yeah. the two, the two storylines that we've read of his has become like our favorite. Such
1: a huge highlight. Like, really so fun. <laughs> yeah. And just makes me love, you know, because I, I think I loved the, like, Professor Broom character more from, like, the movies than from his, like, He's not had a ton in the comic to give us yet. So it's like, oh, I just really loved his the depiction of him in Del Toro's movies, and it's like the those comics just fleshed him out in such a great way and informed not only his character but, like, the entirety of the BPRD that he is involved in and, and Hellboy. It's just, like, so fucking cool, so
0: cool. Yeah, I agree. I'm 100% on board, and it shows us really why – Certain character traits of Hellboy, you, you immediately, they like, they did in like the grand way or a good way of dissecting some of those traits and, and mm-hmm. going and like, not like in a lazy way where it's just like, yeah, he's the, he's exactly like Broom. It's more of like, right. I can pick, I can point to like things that Hellboy was clearly like, like he was. Uh, resistant to and then other traits that he just gleamed onto that yeah. broom had, which was, yeah. it's great. It's just great. I love it. Character building. Um, but yeah, those are the, for Hellboy and BPRD. We have a lot um, that's going to be a fun to, to read and discuss. I'm very excited. For the continuation of those. Yeah. But before we move on to more stuff, um, we got, we, we said, you know, we know this is a teaser, but we're still going to discuss some stuff because this gives us a teaser of how we cover things. So we're going to talk about an animated uh, short that we, got, yeah. we decided to watch because we watched last season, of course, and we were lucky enough to have um, Tad Stones, who was the man behind the Hellboy animated uh, features that we got mm-hmm. to cover and discuss. But we also we never covered um, the two shorts, which we'll, 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 we'll cover both. But right now we're going to cover and discuss um, the Iron Shoes, which was a straight up adaptation of one of the Hellboy shorts. And this was also um by um Tad Stones and his team. So I'll let you take it over and discuss this. Uh, the Hellboy Animated Short, The Iron The Iron Shoes.
1: Yeah, the Iron Shoes. The the video that we watched had it has an intro by Mike Mignola, which is really great, where he just briefly talks about um how there are these uh, like red cap creatures who live in desolate, isolated areas like this abandoned tower or whatever. Um, and he just says, like, he kind of takes that idea and adds the Iron Shoes because he just liked the sound of it. He just thought it sounded cool. <laughs> and I, I remembered this short story, and it's it's such a fun short story. And it, the animated short that we have here is pretty faithful to that one. Yeah. Um, but Mignola says in his intro that he thinks the, like, the action, the physicality of it, I guess, he thinks... Tr- almost translates better in animation than it did in the comic i think both are such fun full of movement kind of like uh depictions of the story but um but yeah it was nice to have that little intro from him uh and it starts with hellboy approaching this tower with sort of a voiceover from a priest discussing like we have this little guy up here, and he's causing a lot of trouble. And it's very, very faithful to yeah the the comic where he like walks into the tower, and a bunch of spears are thrown down at him. He gets <laughs> stabbed in the leg, um, by one of them, and he's like, ah, goddamn it, like or whatever, You know, whatever he's saying. He kind of like uh, keeps running up, and you hear the like giggling of uh the Iron Shoes, uh, who's. Just kind of like, ooh, ooh, you're a pretty one. Beware my iron shoes. It jumps at him. Jumps at Hellboy. Uh, misses him. Flies out a window. Hellboy kind of lassos him around the neck, and he's like, eh, and gets like <laughs> pulled tight. And then it's a very fun. Like I can see why this one was animated because it, the movement here reminded me so much of a cartoon in the uh, like on reading the comics. So it's yeah. like per, a perfect adaptation, I think, where you have the momentum of the of the iron shoes little like a uh, red cap guy getting yanked by the the cord that hellboy's wrapped around his neck and then hellboy of course gets pulled over to the window of the tower and then the his momentum just pulls him right out of the window and he lands <laughs> down on top of iron shoes knocks him out hog ties him um in the animated short what i really loved they had this great edit from hellboy like cocking his arm back to punch iron shoes and then as he does that the church bell rings yeah so it's like oh he like rang his bell he like really hit him hard and like <laughs> you know made made him like you know made his head ring a little bit
0: yeah it's like um, a good it's a good edit point
1: yes transition. It, was, it was really well done and, and it
0: also has like that, that humor in it which is it, it's very good
1: it's very, it's very like silly and fun, and like I
0: thought it was very funny that the voice for Iron Shoes was so like high pitched Irish.
1: That's like, Dan Castellaneta from uh, he does Homer in yeah, The Simpsons. It's so it's so like funny, and and like a million voices for The Simpsons and for other stuff, but like, um, you know, that's like his hugest uh <laughs> credit, I'm sure, for sure. But yeah, and he so he adds like a lot of silliness to that character. But still, like menacing, you know, it's like yeah. a, it's like he did like draw blood on Hellboy and um, kind of jump him for sure. Um, <laughs> and Hellboy takes Hellboy, Hellboy takes red shoes j- just like in the comic back to this church, throws him in as the bells are ringing. As he throws him, he turns to stone, uh, the iron shoes like turns to stone and he shatters, leaving only his iron shoes. The priest <laughs> is like, do you want these iron shoes? And he, he was like, no, I'm traveling light and just like kind of leaves him with that. So it's like a really fun, like traditional kind of looking animation. I mean, probably some computer stuff, like as far as like. Like early the computer. backgrounds the or people- something. Yeah. yeah. Um but it's it's fairly it's, it looks
0: fairly traditional and it matches yeah. it it matches it's the same style of the two features.
1: Exactly, exactly. So it feels yeah, it just feels like an extension of those two things. It's interesting yeah. that like I
0: like I think that it came with one of the features or it's part of the DVDs or something. I I could be I, could I
1: be, would hope so because it I, just fits with them so well. Yeah.
0: It's interesting though that it's like HBO Max just put like the features on their their thing but mm-hmm. this isn't included. I thought that very odd. No. That this was very hard. I mean, very I say very hard to find, but it meaning like it's just not in a as accessible as the features on like these
1: streaming services with,
0: yeah. yeah. Like day we I found it on Daily Motion which was like in another language and then wherever we found this this one and it's like unfortunately they're like transfers that aren't very good. That's the only bad part about it. But it's interesting that it's not anywhere else.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it was tough to find. Yeah, without your link, I wouldn't have really (laughs) known where to look. (laughs)
0: I just did a little Google and then I found it.
1: Which is crazy because it's like you have these huge names. You have Ron Perlman and Dan Castellaneta in the voice cast. It's like produced. I'm pretty sure it's produced by Del Toro and Mignola. Like they're, you know, they're like legit things. But I guess for whatever reason, the... Production company makes is making it hard to find. I I I really have no idea why because they're I really would, cool.
0: I would assume it's sort of like, and I think that you can see it in like the simplicity of the animation. It's sort of what I, I'm assuming. It's what Tad Stones sort of told us of like the reason these things didn't get the the quality he wanted was because halfway through they like pulled his budget. You know what I mean? All yeah. those unfortunately, all those logistical things that got in the way. So we just got these sort of cl- like these thing that was supposed to be a series thrown into two features and now this short but the short seems like more of like was meant to be a short it wasn't supposed to be part of the series it sounds from that intro that's what i gathered
1: and you know what i was when i watched this i was thinking about like you kind of mentioned a minute ago about the 2019 movie being like super underwhelming obviously and like and the fact that the 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 wild hunt, we're gonna get to it and it's gonna be like such a great cool story in, in its comic book version. And I think that what you know, and we've said this before, the 2019 movie had so much potential to be cool, but tried to jam all of these little short stories into one feature film and it just didn't translate. It was just like too much happening and and you're kind of like, what the fuck is what's going on here? Mm-hmm. So it's like for me, it was so much more fun to watch these little animated shorts because they're they just capture that like it's just brief and like a little bit of action obviously hellboy can be translated to a film in a cool way but it's just like the 2019 one like i think they were really trying to do something so cool and like you kind of got a couple of really cool things in there but i don't know i i don't know how you bring so many little short stories to the big screen in in a satisfying way Without like just stretching one or two out, like it's yeah, it it just didn't quite work. But but watching these animated stories totally works for me. I'm I'm like so satisfied after watching.
0: Yeah, they're watching very fun. I, I 100 so cool. agree. Yeah, like, I I enjoyed the Iron Shoes. I I would I would hope it's with if you buy the Blu-ray of the features. I hope it's on there so it's in you can yeah. see it in a higher quality, like image wise. It just makes
1: me want, it makes me so sad. Like, I so want to see a Hellboy animated thing. Like we, and we've said this like before too, that it would be nice to have it like, like something on HBO Max, literally as I'm watching Hellboy the Dark Below, there's like, I'm I'm like four episodes deep into Primal, mm-hmm. um, the Jendi, yeah. uh, Tartakovsky's Primal. I'm probably saying that wrong, but, um, Sounded pretty right to me. I mean, just watching that, I'm like, this could totally be like, oh boy, you could totally have a story like this. And like, it's, yeah. Uh, have you watched that whole thing? I haven't yet. I,
0: I it's on my watch list. I'll do, I'll, I'll do so it now. Good, I'm making dude. the effort to do it now. So the next time I talk to you, I've watched it.
1: It's like, it's like 10 episodes or something. I'm like four in. Yeah. And it's just, there's like no dialogue and there's so much like tension and urgency and like, emotion that comes through even without any dialogue whatsoever and i mean you know part of that is probably just the whatever whoever's working on that music too it's just fucking awesome and it it just makes me wish that something like that would happen for hellboy and yeah i I just think it would be so perfect yeah i'm
0: with you I i think that you can have that and like with sort of the density that we found when reading hellboy of like his in- internal struggle. I think you, there is room to have like an animated, sh- just give it that depth that he, the simplicity of the depth that he offers the storyline. I think there's great things that could be had. Cause even like, I like infinity train, which is also on HBO max, totally, totally differently than what we're talking about with Hellboy. And that, but I feel like if you, if that show can work where it's like for kids, but it has like, depth to it. It's like, oh, you could
1: do Hellboy right. You could do it. Yeah. Right in that in the room. An animated moment. Hellboy would be so fucking sick. I would love yeah. like an adult animated Hellboy. Yeah.
0: Just give it the budget that Tedstones wanted. Don't cut it. Don't cut cut it.
1: <laughs> and they even with their small, small budget, they did so much. Yeah, I agree. Like I thought they made such a fun thing with with really not that much. I don't know.
0: For sure. But before we move on to the next animated short, The Dark Below, we got a little segment that you all know and we all love. (laughs) And we're going to kick it off right here in the teaser episode. It's (laughs) Oh Boy Email. email. (laughs) Woo! We have one email that's fairly new than one that I, like, meant to reply to earlier. It came near the end of our, uh, closer to our hiatus. This uh, first email that we're going to discuss... Is from fellow uh, podcast host, um, and we've had them on. He's, he's been on the show twice. It's Kevin Hines. This comes from Kevin Hines of Screw. We're just going to talk about comics. That
1: Yay! Podcast.
0: So cool. This this is called Golden Army. So this is in response to us covering the first novel, Golden Army. Aww. Oh, sorry. I'm gonna re- not the book. Sure. That's The Lost Army. <laughs> this comes to his response to us talking about the movie, the second Guillermo del Toro. It's, the email's title is titled Golden Army. Golden Army. Cool. Here we go. He says, very cool hearing your take on this movie. I was surprised that, Mark, you were so down on it. <laughs> 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 Sorry. Uh, he says, for a few reasons. One, you seemed like you want a third movie in this trilogy. And I was like, okay, I read that and I was like, I don't think it's like me demanding like, oh, and we need it. It just felt like Guillermo's such in a position. I was surprised they didn't give it to him. Yeah. And I think that he deserved it because it was like, well, there is an audience that liked it much better than me. It is an there was it was a movie that had a positive response to 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 viewers. It actually got people to find out more about Hellboy. So it wasn't right. it might not be for me. I just Think he'd I mean if I was that if I was Guillermo in his seat and I got like two movies and I had a thing I wanted to complete, I would hope to get it as well. So there you go, Kevin. <laughs> uh and then he says, two. I haven't seen it since it was in theaters, but I considered it way better than Hellboy One. And I was like, Yeah, I think it definitely is better. Cause I think Guillermo gets more of his what he wants in there.
1: Yeah. If I was... There's, I was, like, more cool puppets and weird shit. <laughs> yeah, I mean... Yeah.
0: He definitely... I mean, you hate it or love it, whatever. I mean, he's more men in black to me. So we've already discussed why I prefer comics over this. But, yeah. I mean, yeah, if I was pitting one and two against each other, two's definitely a step above one.
1: Yeah. And I'll see. and it definitely it definitely made me excited for a third one. They're building it up so much to be like, we're going to give you a third installment yeah. of this shit and then it's you never get it so it's like of course it's unsatisfying you wish you had a third one. I mean you but you you notoriously rag on these two films.
0: Yeah, cuz they just don't do it for me 100%. <laughs> yeah. That's
1: fine. So I'm,
0: I'm, I'm, I will be the bad guy on the record that doesn't love these movies.
1: You're the heel of the podcast. I'm the,
0: I'm the heel of the <laughs> I'm the heel of Hellboy 1 and 2 movies.
1: Cinematic I think yeah. they're pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. They, they're,
0: and again, I, I, this, is a, this is a teaser. We don't need to get into why, again, why I those movies don't do it for me 100%. But that being said, he says, and three, I didn't know about your anti-dissolve agenda. <laughs> <laughs> well, look. It's a whole agenda. Yeah, it's a whole agenda. I'm not 100% like anti-dissolve in general. I just felt for me... Guillermo's his use of the dissolves were very like corny to me. They were very sentimental, and, and and again, I think. Do you
1: like when George Lucas does shit like that? His edits, his
0: wipes, his wipes. Yeah, yeah, they're fine because I think they they fit for like him trying to create a serial. Like he he had a, definitely a feel when he made those movies of like these are a callback to this old like serialized. I see. Buck Rogers, if that's the reference, or the other guy. I Flash think so, Gordon. Or, uh, yeah. F- yeah. Um, so I think it was a stylistically. I think I think any editing that you can see um, has a purpose. You know what I mean? Like you have to be right. – most editing, as they say, is supposed to be invisible uh, to our eye for the most part. Um,
1: but a very stylized choice like that, he wants you to look at that and – think about it in a in a way. Yeah,
0: I think so. And then I think yeah. Dissolves, like, I'm not, there's probably examples I don't have them off the top of my head that where i have like, oh, this Dissolve works. Like, it's a very traditional way of doing it and sometimes I like it. I just felt Guillermo, and he's, again, I like Guillermo, there's movies I love of his and there's ones that I'm like, yeah, you, you missed the mark. But that's every director. Fuck it. But, these were just, they just felt very sentimental and corny to me. They didn't, they were like, but that's sort of Guillermo. Sometimes his that works for me, and then sometimes
1: I think. I mean, Del Toro's going for a kind of a callback thing to Universal monster movies yes. in a way, which I would have to. You know, it's been a while since I've watched like any of them, uh, and I've never actually seen Creature in its in its entirety, which I should do. But uh, you know, it's like maybe he's calling back to that kind of stuff too, and
0: probably a hundred percent right. For all
1: I know, I'm just not like well versed enough in it.
0: I don't know. I'm not. I'm not in the monster movies, but I think like he definitely loves a traditional type of movie, and I think he loves using those tools. Yeah. So, and again, it's not bad. It just didn't work for me. <laughs> totally. Uh, and he says, uh, Kevin. He continues. He says, "This made me both want to rewatch it and not
1: to <laughs> rewatch it. <laughs> it makes you want to rewatch it with somebody. I think. Yeah. I think it's a great movie." To I I wish we could have been in the same room watching it because I think it would have been a really fun watch, such a fun watch with somebody. If you have like, you know, if you have like a, a friend who's a fan of Hellboy and you can zoom with them while you, and both like be like three two one play, I think that that's probably the best way to watch this movie.
0: Hell yeah, I'm with you there. Yeah. That's a great way to do it.
1: And you know, Kevin, if you wanna if you wanna watch it that way, I'll watch that movie. Yeah, again. watch it with Kate.
0: <laughs> watch it with Kate. <laughs> But he says I'd hate to rewatch it and not like it, so that's why.
1: I I think he would like it. I think I think that there's so much to like about the second movie. Yeah, and also I
0: think if you already liked it, I don't think the movie's good. You might be able to be like, or I guess Zwick. It's like you can call out certain like flaws, but that Mm -hmm. doesn't make you hate it. And I think that's when you like a movie.
1: I think you just want it to be the you just want a faithful as possible comic. A translation to film as possible. And that's not what these are. Like they're just a different thing. Yeah. And so. Like yeah. Hellboy. Yeah.
0: That's it. And, it yeah. and I think that works for you or it doesn't. And therefore, yeah. yeah, it's done. But this is, then he continues, he has a little more in his email. He says, My pretty serious take on a third movie. So this is his pitch. He says, Hellboy is all about not wanting to follow his predestination. He won't end the world, but also he won't actively work to save it. He'll just do his job. So third movie, twins are born and the prophecy has transferred to them. One of them will doom the world. One will save the world. Their battle is is destiny and Hellboy is free. Fathering these kids served his purpose. So he decides for his kids, he has to save the world so his kids can just be kids. He actively confronts the demons to end this plot once and for all. Kind of a cool take. Cool. Yeah. Where it's like, okay, well, I have to end up just doing following my destiny in order to let free up my kids from the, their let them be kids. I think that's good.
1: Wait, wait, wait. Okay, wait. Can you repeat that first? I'm so sorry. Can you repeat the first sentence for me that he says? He's
0: um, Hellboy is all about not wanting to follow his predestination. Right. right. And then he says he won't end the world, but also he won't actively work to save it. He'll just do his job. So then his, this is more of the pitch. So in the third movie, the twins are born. They become the prophecy. Like instead of him being the end of the harbinger of the end of the world, they take on that. So one of them will be, will doom the world and one is meant to save it. So his two things. Cool. Okay. So his sort of like his predestination and his choice are split into the twins. Wow. And then then their battle is destiny and Hellboy is free. You know, they're... they're, And then his fathering serves his purpose. So he decides for his kids, he'll choose to save the world and could just be kids. So he, he like, chooses to make... So I
1: I wonder how he would show that. Like, would he see some kind of, like, vision of the future where his one kid is destroying the world and the other kid is trying to... Like, they're in just direct conflict trying to fight over the the future of the universe basically, or, you know, it's like, I I like, I like, I think that's an interesting,
0: I mean, or I would have the kids, I'd have the kids themselves have these dreams. Then sort of like, maybe
1: I wonder if he wants them to remain as little kids for the entirety of the movie, or if they're like almost reaching like adolescence where they're, um, you know, where their destiny is like fucking at hand and they have to deal with it immediately or something. Or if it's some like, some horrible prophecy where it's like my little kid is gonna bring about Ragnarok and we have to stop that in some way I'm into it
0: I think either could work I think maybe Kevin needs to write out us a treatment
1: I think he does yeah (laughs) or at least some version you know he could he could always take this idea and just you know make some original characters and kind of map over that because I think that's really cool like the idea of like half demon half human has kids who Basically, are the antichrist and uh, like are gonna b- bring about the end of the world and how how you deal with that? I think that's a cool idea.
0: Yeah, there you go, Kevin. You have an assignment. Give us a treatment <laughs> for your Hellboy three.
1: Yeah, I need an outline.
0: <laughs> uh, he says though, in, in addition to his own idea, he does say, "I'd hate this idea for comic comics Hellboy. Him becoming too proactive feels off, but I'm okay with movie Hellboy." Who you know had kids, which I'd also want to see in the comic. That's it. Just keep the good, fu- keep up the good fight, crappers.
1: Oh, <laughs> thanks for writing and for listening.
0: Yeah, thank you, Kevin. That's great. Um, very fun thing. There, thanks for the pitch, and we'll we'll appreciate getting that treatment.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we'll send it to Del Toro. Yes, we will.
0: <laughs> uh, great. We have one more email that has been sitting in here since December when we were so. Pretty much in hiatus, yeah. Um, I meant to, re- to re- follow up with with this uh lister via email, but uh, time passed and now here we are. And I think <laughs> we can probably, I, I'd rather have you help me um communicate this. So, this comes from um, uh, uh, emailer Albert, um, Osowetsky, Osowetsky. I'm probably mm-hmm. pronouncing his last name incorrectly, but I'm sorry, Albert. I apologize, but thank you for this email. He is from Poland. So this is coming from all the way from Poland. It, oh, cool. he, his email is just aw crap email. Um, <laughs> and he says, hello, sorry in advance for my English. I think his English is better than mine.
1: So far so good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: He says, I have a question about Hellboy and the BPRD stories. So first off, I just want to read it. We haven't covered any of the Hellboy and the BPRD stories, which are sort of Stories that take place before his major arc that we're introduced to. Got Uh, it. So we yet have covered any of this on the podcast. Okay. Just so you know, Albert, we we don't have that knowledge. Because I haven't read all of them. Kate has definitely not read them. (laughs) Nope. It says, the story begins in 1952, and I don't understand how it's possible then Hellboy looks grown up there, but should be around 9 or 10 years old. He was born in '44. I mean that I have not read the this, seri- this series yet because it has not been released in my country yet. I only saw the covers and some of the boards. Are you able to explain it?
1: I th- I guess it's like that kind of thing where it's like his um it's almost like if you look at like Tolkien's characters or something they like mature like almost at a human rate and then they kind of stay in that state for, for like potentially thousands of years. Like um yeah, I guess that's it. It's like he matures fast and then, yeah, stays as a kind of like grown man for a, a while. I don't know. Yes. Sort of the same thing as like Wolverine. Doesn't Wolverine do the same shit? Yeah, I mean, fuck. Wolverine's been around for
0: years and never. Yeah. Old man Logan's the cl- like thousands. Like of he years didn't. Like he didn't
1: take there. like he didn't take like fifty years to reach like looking like an eighteen year old. You know, it's yeah. like he grew and like. I'm sure he like, you know, his gestation period and like his like maturing into an adult was like super fast. Just sort of another suspend your disbelief kind of thing, I guess.
0: I agree. I mean, there's really no definitive answer, I think, Albert um, and anybody wondering. I think we touched on this. Somebody did like crazy math. I wish I could remember which episode it was. But one of our emailers sent us number. We like literally wrapped our heads around like the math behind how fast it would take. He would him grow, to grow and stuff like that. I think it is really, yeah, like just like suspension of disbelief and, and also just understanding like he's half human, half demon. So he's going, he's aging completely different than us. Some people say that he's aging would be a little more different if he was had stayed in hell. And now him being on our realm, it's just, we're, it's perceived differently entirely. Yeah. There's a lot that you could
1: look into. He ages like a, he ages like a Tolkien esque. Uh, dwarf, but he uh, you know, as opposed to like a baby Yoda who takes fifty years to just look like a baby. <laughs> yeah. And, <laughs> so it's, it's like which which fake uh, you know, growth pattern do you wanna follow basically? Yeah, exactly. And then like I, again I haven't
0: picked up any of those nineteen fifty-twos. So it's like I feel like we have Young Hellboy, which we we've seen with pancakes and like the moment he arrived. And then we're, we're, we've mostly known him as like sort of a grown man throughout his, now these adventures we're in and the short stories. And then of course, 52 sort of backs up. I having not read them, I'm not really, it feels like he's, I don't know his age range that he's supposed to be like at least mentally. But then now we're coming out in this year, 2021, we have young Hellboy coming for the first time where we're really focused on that sort of adolescent range. So there's a lot being added to this idea of like how he ages and what he's like and mental versus like physical and also mental. Yeah. So Albert, I can only say that I love reading this along with you, but I don't, I personally do not. I have wish the we answer. could answer it for you. Yeah. <laughs> but there you go. I, I hope we tried our best.
1: I guess he's like, you know, he strikes me as kind of like somebody who just continues to, his personality is like pretty set as like, I don't do homework. I kind of go in there and smash, but I have a soft heart and he sort of develops that. And then he's, 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 that's it. He's kind of like stuck in that um, feeling for the rest of his life, which I think yeah. is, until I think it can be very true of some real people. <laughs> exactly.
0: Until he's faced yeah. with something that he didn't, he wasn't aware of, which was his predestination of. Just sure. during the world. And I think that then makes it like, oh, well now things aren't as easy. I'm a serious
1: guy <laughs> now. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So good, good question, Albert.
1: I know. Good question. I would love to hear what you think about yeah. it. I just, us, it's, it seems like the kind of thing where it's like, if the story just, if it lends itself to be, to help the story, whatever story they're telling at the time, I'm sure that's what they'll go with, where it's like, this is where Hellboy's even cockier and crazier. Or this is where he's like more of a morose Grump or whatever you know I I think that's it his like grumpiness gets gets cranked up yeah as he gets older
0: I agree. he quickly becomes a curmudgeon
1: yeah or
0: has those attributes 100 <laughs> percent Albert great question if anybody else has answers to it I know we've covered in it before but we'd love to hear about it again yeah. love your I love your diving thoughts. into this
1: crazy shit little like when we were I, we rewatched the Lord of the Rings over the break. And we were just like we're googling that. We're like, how old's Legolas? How old's like Galadriel? Galadriel's fucking eight thousand years old. By the time Sauron gets like, which character chopped is down? That? Um, she's like, um, like uh, the elf Kate queen, who, Kate Blanchett. Yeah, y- okay. uh, yeah. So, um, yeah, those elves live forever, and they look great. She's old as shit. She's like one of the oldest elves in the story. I think she might be the oldest elf in the movie um yeah cool and legolas is only like he's not that old at all he's like little baby elf yeah he's like a few hundred years oh, he's wow. like not even a thousand yet i think or at least he's not when sauron gets knocked down like when his ring gets trapped off his fingy right right and then there's a couple hundred years until the events of the lord of the rings it's it's fun. It's fun to look at and be like, how old are all oh, like yeah. how old are they? And if you, um, you so dive yeah.
0: into it. So I agree, yeah. it's great Albert. It's it's fun to think about. And because there are there are depths to this that like maybe the stories don't cover but it gets your brain thinking. Especially there's a whole there's a whole demon world that, that like a pandemonium, the city in hell, you know. That hellboy yeah. could be at, but instead he's on earth. So Yeah. Fun. And then he ends his email by saying PS I just finished the last Hell on Earth. This is near the omnibus, near the yeah. end of the series. And I'm looking forward to 2021 on Devil You Know, and I hope for the other series. So great. We're we're nowhere near getting where you're at. <laughs> um, but I think that's awesome. Continue to keep reading. Because um, from what I hear, the series BPRD ends in a beautiful way, is what I've heard. I'm so
1: excited. Yeah,
0: I'm excited to continue to going and getting to that end that's supposed to be very wonderful and satisfying, I've heard. So he says, greetings from uh, Gdansk, G-D-A-N-S-K, I don't know, Poland. Uh, Sure. He says, I love your show. Thank you, Albert. I really appreciate it. Thank you for listening. Thank you so much.
1: Also, incredible that, like, people whose native language isn't English, like, people whose, like, English is their second or, like, fucking third language are always like, so sorry for my English. It's like, dude, if I went to Poland, I would be in trouble. Like, you know what I mean? It it would... It's so funny to me that people apologize and they're just like flaw, like he writes a flawlessly <laughs> written email. You know, it's, it's incredible. Yeah, let's, Great job. Your English was fucking beautiful. Thank you for listening and for writing. Yeah. I, 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 hope you're not taking any English notes from this podcast.
0: Please don't take English notes from me ever. <laughs> I, I can send you every email I've ever written and you'll see that yours is much better. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, that, that, that is our segment for this teacher, this teaser, uh, Aww, of Oh Boy great. Email. Yeah. We love hearing from you guys. Um, the thank best. you both for emailing. Thank you all who will email in the future. You can email us your thoughts on anything that we cover, of course, in past episodes and upcoming episodes. Um, any of your thoughts, we love the, and you can email us at ah, crap, a hellboy podcast at gmail.com. Yeah. Yeah. Um, great. And now, um, let's talk about this second Hellboy animated short that we chose to, to watch, which showed up randomly. Yeah. Most people had never heard of it.
1: <laughs> and it showed I up- saw it posted on Facebook, a Facebook group, like a Hellboy Facebook group. And I was like, what the hell is this? Yeah.
0: You sent it to me and I was like, what? Yeah. But you said, it, as it said, it's like, it's, it's copyright as 2008, but apparently it showed up, up on stars in 2010. Yeah. A lot of, like I saw people tweet about it. Like a lot of, it seems like a lot of people did not know this was in in existence.
1: I didn't, I had never seen Uh, it. Tad stones.
0: You're credited with this. Why didn't you tell
1: us? (laughs) (laughs) He might, he might've actually talked about this, but maybe, um, I don't know if he said like where it was going to be streaming. Maybe he just didn't know where stars was going to put it.
0: That's true. Um, Um, but but yeah, yeah. the dark below,
1: the dark below and, and, uh, Animated for uh, through like Lionsgate and put out on like Stars Animation through HBO Max is how I watched it. Same here. Um, and yeah, it's like by Tad Stones and Mike Mignola too. So um, such a this was awesome. I loved this one. This might be my one of my favorite of the animated ones that came uh like pieces that came out. It's very short. It's like five minutes long or something. Yeah. Um, it's a little different stylistically as opposed to like the straight up, um, like pretty traditional animation that we've seen in the other ones. It's like cel-shaded mm-hmm. kind of is what it reminds me of like um, sort of this like CGI animated, but it incorporates a lot of really natural looking um, textures throughout like the whole thing. Like there's no like black outline of anything. Um so it's it's that alone makes it stand out to me so much from the other ones yes but yeah the colors are like these warm muted sort of colors that make everything look natural but still bright and alive uh like natural and bright and alive i guess um just i i love the look of it it's (laughs) really really cool
0: i do agree and i think this was um, the, when I watched it, I was like this style, aside from like a little bit of, I, I think, I think this is just budgetary stuff. I don't think this is, I want this not to be a knock to the creators that made this. It's just, you mm-hmm. can tell there was limitations by just like the smoothness of the animation. But I was like, oh. smooth, yeah, definitely. I was like, this is but just has to be budgetary. Like they couldn't, but do you
1: know what I thought too? When I saw, I saw, I saw that I thought the exact same thing. I was like, they must not have had a huge budget to animate. Like and make the animation completely smooth. But so it looks like a little puppety in that way. But I think that the way that the textures and the light and everything work with everything else really, really flawlessly gave it almost this like charming stop motion quality yeah. to me. Like it wasn't, I didn't even hate that he looked a little like, not like jilted or or, or uh, what's like a stilted kind of like um, his, his movement. It, it just reminded me a ton of stop motion in a way that I love like, I think Stop Motion and Claymation are so fun to watch. And yeah, it, it gave it that kind of thing to me that I was like, this is just charming as fuck. I just, I, I love this little short.
0: I agree. I think that style really made me go, oh, there is a place. This is like the first evidence to us discussing, like, there, this is of how the people behind, like, stylistically behind, like, the Spider-Verse, if they were given the full reign to, like, animate Hellboy, it would yeah. fucking work wonderfully so much yeah (laughs) and also i would love to see a stop motion hellboy uh
1: like you just said that like like, a kubo kind of a situation fucking incredible yeah (laughs) i mean that's what and that's the thing too it's like you got to give so much credit to the animators that worked on this because of what they were able to achieve with probably a pretty low budget if we never even heard of this thing it's like they did no marketing for this they didn't i don't think they put this out on any kind of hard copy as far as i know for sure so it's like yeah, their budget was probably small as shit. Even though it's fucking also produced by Del Toro and Mignola and written by Tad Stones and Mignola, it's like still they're, you know, their quality of work is not gonna change. They still made a fucking cool thing. We just never fucking heard of it. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And it's very simple. And I love like, I love like, um specifically, like as you're watching it, it's the timing is great. The writing is like natural, and Hellboy goes down into this tunnel, he like sees this. Um, it's like him and another BPRD agent who's kind of like, I'll wait out here as Hellboy <laughs> goes into this tunnel. Um, he reads a sees a bunch of like runes over a big wooden door, smashes into it. Um, and he's walking down, he pulls out like a glow stick and he's holding it in his hand. And you see the silhouette of Hellboy's hand from like the glow, the light from the glow stick is like casting this big silhouette against this cave wall mm-hmm. as he's walking down along like a, like a f- narrow flight of stairs with no banister, like very treacherous looking flight of stairs. Um, and it just makes this really cool, very graphic looking image on the wall. And then he's like walking past these, uh, like a little pile of skulls, like almost like a crypt looking pile of skulls. And even though he's very, the character of Hellboy is very cel-shaded and these skulls, Look very much more like traditionally animated. Yeah. The way that the light interacts with them makes like blends them together. Like they don't. Hellboy doesn't really seem out of place in this background. Um, so that I thought that was really fucking cool. I think you're right. Yeah. Um, and then of course he like he goes down. He sees more like runes that basically, and he sees like more carvings and stuff. And at one point he says tentacles. That's no good, which is a great <laughs> line. I love no, that line. That's never good. Um, that. that's no good, which is like, <laughs> as a reader, you know that about about you know, Mignola yeah. loves to draw tentacles, and if there's tentacles, they're gonna wrap themselves around Hellboy, and he's gonna be in big trouble. So <laughs> I was like, what a great line. Um, he goes into this huge cavernous room, and it's like half flooded. And this tentacle creature, like, very Zelda-looking kind of creature with, like, one big eye um, emerges and just starts beating the shit out of him, chases him up the stairs. (laughs) Hellboy, uh, I like this uh, detail, too. Hellboy has his gun and gets off one shot, and then the gun's—it's gotten wet, so it's, like, useless after that. Classic So he, like, has to chuck it away, yeah. He um, uh, throws a grenade at it, and it blows up, but the thing, like— comes back for more. Um, But then as it's like wrapping its tentacles around Hellboy, like constricting him, uh, it sets off another grenade, which blows it up. uh, And he's (laughs) able to like fly up out of the hole to the uh, BPRD agent waiting up there. Who's like, Oh, Hey, (laughs) like, can I help? You know, he's like a very nerdy, like glasses wearing BPRD agent. Who's like useless in this situation. Basically. Yeah. And I just, I was like, damn, this is, this is so great. What a fun short. I thought it looked so cool. Um, there was like a really distinct color change too, between the above ground area where the BPRD agents waiting and this like subterranean cave, there was like a very distinct color change, which I yeah. thought was very much uh, like a nice, I, I think that the color is such an important part of these comics Um, you know, it's like, it's, it's, it plays such a huge part in the comics and we talk about it a lot, but I don't think, you know, unless you're like really paying close attention, you might not like consciously be aware of it. But I thought that that very distinct color change was like a nice nod and made it feel very, um, uh, uh, faithful to the comics in that way.
0: Yeah, I hundred percent agree. It really it felt like they were lifting it and truly inspired directly from the the source.
1: I also found this um, on this website thought t h o t blot b l o t Mm -hmm. dot com. uh, Background painting. The one of the guys who I saw it was like maybe he was the art director. uh, I forget his credit. I, I couldn't find this on IMDb, but Ian Hastings. This guy, Ian Hastings, worked on it. and he's on Thought Blot dot com slash background painting (laughs) he's got a bunch of his background work for various things but it includes hellboy the dark below and there's just great stills of the backgrounds throughout the the whole short oh cool and they just look great so if you guys wanted to like check those out super like high res stills of of the backgrounds in that in that short that's awesome um yeah Sorry, I feel like I've been talking for like eight straight minutes. Did you like this? (laughs) Yeah,
0: I I, I did really enjoy it. And I mean, I mainly just took Gleam from it. Like it gave to me, like I enjoyed it. It gave me more potential of like why it made me go like, why haven't they some, why hasn't someone come along and tried to invest more into creating an animated Hellboy like series or something, something, you know what I mean? Like um, I think it, I think you could probably mine it more, more, and have more fun with it than even attempting to try making make something of Hellboy that's uh, live action, to yeah. be honest. Yeah. And yeah, uh, maybe we will in the future. But that's it. Really, it was cool. I I thought it very funny that you brought up Lord of the Rings earlier because him coming down the stairs and looking at like when he gets to the first thing where he like reads. Like the old like uh, script or whatever. The like he's yeah. Just like the, the, the like language. engravings yeah. on the wall. Yeah. It made me go like, oh, is this Hellboy just walking into like the like a, a Lord of the an old ancient Lord of the Rings like
1: very much the door. Yeah, yeah. the door to yeah. like dwarves, fucking Barad Doom or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm somebody's gonna be really mad at me. I'm not because you know I don't
0: know the names. <laughs> uh Moria Moria, Moria. the minds Moria. of Moria yeah it reminded me of a lot of that and it was very cool not that I don't think Hellboy's ever gone it, like it also has its own like Hellboy universe filled like, oh yeah
1: it de- it even had a fun little f- character that looks just like a big eyeball with tentacles coming out uh, yeah. like I, I, I watched Ham. it and it's then like I rewatched it. it yeah it's I, I was like oh they had like that's their word for big scary tentacle eyeball monster <laughs> Um, it was, uh, I, I just, I thought this shit was so cool. What a fun watch. Yeah,
0: it was really fun. And it's a perfect kind of short where it it ended right. It needed to be done. The monster got destroyed. And then there was a little, Mm -hmm. little joke about the BPRD nerd, nerd, not getting there with the rope in time. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. it, It really captured what we love about it and showed me just again, to reiterate the potential that they have if someone would come along and throw
1: I mean, give I would love chance. if they get, if they give Tad Stones more money and yeah. it's just, I, I I don't know, maybe it's just too niche of a thing, but I feel like there's, it's, it's just, but you so say that and then I'm like, there. but they dropped
0: so much money on a movie that really didn't right. do well, but right. it's like, I just, somebody, I think, whether it's Tad Stones or a new person that has a, the same sort of passion that Tad Stones has for Hellboy Somebody in animation could make something great. I think mm-hmm. of it. That's all. Yeah. With yeah. where we are in animation
1: at this point. Yeah.
0: But it was cool. I think it was a delightful watch. It's funny that we no one really knew about it until now.
1: <laughs> I certainly didn't. I, I wasn't. I was like maybe this got buried or something. But you must
0: have. It's very interesting.
1: I loved it. I loved yeah, it. It
0: was a delightful watch.
1: Get somebody's HBO Max password and go watch it. Hell yeah, dudes. Do it. Do it. <laughs> But, um, and then the other thing
0: that I wanted to talk about and just tease is like what we're going to be covering in the season five. We're going to be um, touching on Witchfinder, which is going to be, there's a little, going to be a teaser of that. And then there's, we'll be oh. watching, watching, we'll be reading and discussing the first um Witchfinder series, the main, first storyline. So that'll be interesting because the character, Edward Gray, has been secretly introduced and placed within the Hellboy universe, but now he's going to get a, we're going to find out more about him cool. as well as we're going to tackle, although it was hard for us to tackle the first two, we're definitely tackling the the third and final canon um, novel of I Hellboy. I started reading it. I'm, I'm enjoying do... it
1: so far. I'm like 70 yeah.
0: pages in as we're
1: recording You this. were like, can you finish this by the time we record the first episode <laughs> like a week ago? And I was like, I'm going to just tell you right now, I'm not going to do that, but yeah, that's I'll fine. start Hey, I've I too. think I'm about like uh, I'm about a quarter of the way through. Right,
0: you're probably a faster reader than I. Am, but um, I'm definitely dedicating all my reading, novel wise or book wise, to that. Yeah, the, that's called The Dragon Pool uh, by Christopher Golden. I actually, I mean, the teaser on my opinion of it so far. Um, it reads like a, tr- a actual like I'm reading a a fucking novel. Whereas yeah, the other I'm two, the other two, I think a lot of what we complained about. Or like we had it was like it felt like it was like a mixture of two. It wasn't like I've never felt like I was fully reading like a novel. It was like this feels like
1: it must just be such a hard thing to balance where you're trying to describe these things visually and you're reading such like detailed descriptions of a visual thing that like slows down the narrative and also makes you like just wish you were looking at it.
0: Yeah, like I would, it's just a bummer. I could argue, I would argue that like the first two novels we read felt like we were reading novelization of a treatment. Or a mix between a treatment for a comic book storyline and a novel, whereas now I'm like, oh, I'm enjoying Dragon Pool because I feel like I'm reading an actual novel,
1: and that's it. Not to, like, shit on those other novels. I don't think they were, like, bad or anything, but so far I think this is the one – this one I'm falling more easily into.
0: 100% here. And I I just think that's maybe, like, not even shitting on just, like, oh, Christopher Golden figured out – this is the best. Yeah. They figured it out. Maybe
1: that's the thing, too. Yeah, they had to go through these other versions to be like, what works about these and what doesn't? And, yeah, I think by now they've they've kind of refined that more.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, once we finish the the novel, we'll definitely cover it and discuss it. So these yeah. are going to be all cool things that we, we can't wait to cover and we can't wait to hear, hear from you all out there um, and your thoughts and offering that. Again, you can email us any of your thoughts of anything we covered. We'd love to hear your thoughts on... The two animated shorts, "The Iron Shoes" and "The Dark Below." If you have any thoughts on those, please um, email us at ahcrap at gmail dot com. Any final thoughts or anything that you want to add before we get out of here for this teaser?
1: Um, yeah. I saw I saw recently. Like, I haven't we haven't gotten to his contributions to the BPRD yet, but I saw James Heron. Uh, Who is an artist for the BPRD later on? Who I I've also talked about. Like I went to school with this dude, like in Bucks County Community College, like back in the day. He he was always such an incredible artist, and I saw he's putting out his own book, Ultra Mega, on uh, Image Comics. So I was gonna call Secret Headquarters after we're done recording and just like pre order that. Hell yeah! But so yeah, if you guys are further along in Hellboy than us, or if you just have not seen James Heron's work yet. He is just such a dynamite fucking artist, so check that out and or you know, call your I think it's not coming out to like May or some shit, but uh, yeah, so you just call your comic shop and pre-order that like we are. that's great, or like I am.
0: oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited. and I mean, I don't I don't that's a great suggestion. I don't really have anything to suggest other than um, starting to go back through my own comic book collection before I I've decided I go and try to read everything before I start buying another, another trade. Oh, same oh. with
1: books for me, dude. Yeah. I keep putting books in a cart and I'm like, I have like four, four books I haven't fucking even looked at Yeah. Yet. Yeah. That's I'm in the same. I'm running out of space, but yeah. So there you go. But then
0: of course I secret headquarters is I'm still picking up
1: the occasional issues here and there. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I can't, I'm, I'm imperfect. It's a hard habit
1: (laughs) to break. Yeah. I think everybody can relate to that one. Well, I mean,
0: I would read it. I'm really excited for this new young Hellboy to come out. I'm hope I'm, I'm thinking that would be an enjoyable read, but I I don't have anything new to suggest other than if you haven't seen, I'm going to suggest this. If you haven't, if you get a chance, go out of your way to see the movie. There's two movies that I think you should watch. One is my first one of watching of 2021. Who knows? I think it's in the award season this year, but it's also, I think it's an official 2021 release. Judas in the Black Messiah. Great fucking movie. Oh, cool. Great movie. Oh, you've already seen it? Yeah, I got a screener and I watched it immediately and it was wonderful. Oh, that's awesome. And then I saw Kajillionaires as well through a screener. Cool. Miranda July's movie I thought was wonderful as well. So it's not really Hellboy related, but that's the last things I've, movie wise, I consumed that I would highly suggest. But I'm just really excited to get on with our readings and for this fifth season of the podcast, spend more time with you, Kate. Since we've been apart, yeah, it will be great. It's nice
1: to see you. Like <laughs> nice to uh, see you. Too. I mean, we, we like text all the time, but it's just sure. I, we haven't like zoomed in a bit. Yeah, we so haven't. I missed you. I missed you
0: too. Yeah, and we're you know we're gonna be back to even posting on the social media once we kick off this teaser. Um, so you can stay up to date with us as well on Instagram at podcast, as well as Twitter, Hellboy. Please go on um, to um, Apple Podcasts or wherever you um, listen to podcasts, please subscribe. And then if you can, rate and review us. That'll bring more listeners. As well as I want to remind you, if you go out of your way to go on to Apple Podcasts and give us a five-star review that starts with the word boom b-o-o-m boom we will read your review right here on the show and give you a big old shout out we call those boom reviews oh so please give us a boom review um and again email us all your thoughts at Podcast at gmail.com that's it we definitely yeah. um have some other things in store like we're definitely gonna give another, do another like fundraiser giveaway. We just haven't worked out the logistics for that, but stay. We'll let you know when that when that happens. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but that's it for this teaser episode, classic long teaser episode from us, because <laughs> that gives you a taste of what you're in store for when you listen to the to the show. But again, Kate, it's great to be back. Yeah. Uh, look forward to, to more time with you, more time yeah. with our listeners, more time with your emails. Uh, that's, I love him. that's it uh, all of you out there thank you for listening <laughs> and remember
1: we love you
0: hi I'm Michelle Varey And I'm Kimberly Trung, and we are the host of Crush Fictionally, a podcast all about your favorite fictional characters from movies, TV shows, and more. Each episode, we pick a theme, curate a list of characters that we love, why we love them, and some fun facts about the people who created them. So if you've ever felt a true connection with a fictional character, tune in to Crush Fictionally on Campfire
1: Media. Or wherever you find your podcast.
0: Campfire.